our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Straight over to you, Sim. How are you doing? What's been up? Tell me about your life. It has been so good. I have been enjoying spending a lot more time with you because we are face-to-face right now. So I've been loving life. How about yourself? I would say the exact same. I think I think it's interesting. Like we clearly speak to each other every single day, but there's just something about being reunited and having that face-to-face interaction that is like, wow, I really get to do this with my best friend, you know? Yeah. It's not too bad. We are very lucky because we have been able to spend a lot more time together over these last few months. I've come to North America for a book tour and for for other conferences and I was like well if I'm in North America I better go see Sonia who's now situated in Toronto. I have had so many people tell me to move over here and I just can't because a few months ago there was an article from a New Zealand magazine that said here are some Kiwis that have said that they won't move during the brain drain. And I just can't go back on my word now. A brain drain is this concept that people leave a country like New Zealand because it's quite small. And if you're talented, you can get more skills overseas. So a lot of our most talented and our most skilled young people, like yourself, Sonia, move overseas and don't stay in the country. So you drain out the best talent. We call it a brain drain. And the article was like, we're having a brain drain, but some people, including Sim from Kelsa Invest, won't leave. The thing is, is that the travel community or what you see online with people moving everywhere, it kind of makes you feel like you have to move, but you are so happy in New Zealand. I always am. And then I leave the country on trips like these and I'm like, I could absolutely live here. Yeah. If you had to pick between LA, Orlando, New York City and Toronto, where would you go? One for each season. Anyways. Anyways, today is a very exciting topic and I'm really excited to get into it because I feel like I've had the privilege of like talking to you one-on-one really intimately about all of your big career milestone moments. You know, season one, we had you buying your first house and I got to interview you on your process for that. And that was really vulnerable and I think everyone appreciated your transparency with that. Second one, season four, becoming a millionaire. That was a really emotional episode for us both. And here I am sitting today. I'm about to interview you as a best-selling author. Isn't that the craziest thing in the world? 
it's not so crazy to me. I think it's wild because I still can't imagine myself putting like author next to my name. It's like Sim the business owner, Sim the creator, Sim the, I don't know, creative director of like XYZ, but author, like, I don't feel like I wrote a book. Is that the best way to start a podcast about the book? Probably not. Okay, let's take it back to the very start. I think a lot of times when you write a book and a lot of questions that you've been getting, especially at the live events um, and the book tour events that we've been doing, is people are really intrigued about how do you even get a book deal? Can I just go on Microsoft Word and type out 10,000 words and just self-publish, which I feel like you can do? Can you take us a little bit behind the scenes of your process and how it happened? Absolutely. So I will say that we were very lucky. We got a few emails from a few book publishers who were just like, hey, love your work. We see you on social media. We see you with your podcast, podcast being kind of the main reason that they found us. And they thought, you know, we'd love to do a book deal with you. And they never explained why, but my thought process was, I asked them, I was like, how did you find us? And they said, well, oh, like, the podcast itself. And so my thinking is that book publishers look for podcasters because podcasters are probably somewhat good at storytelling. It's my a thought process. I don't know if it's true or not. Initially, the first email I got, I just thought it was a spam email. I didn't think it was real. I thought I was going to get scammed. But I looked at the email address of who it was from and it was like at book publishing company, like the one that email.com. And I was like, oh, this is legitimate. And the way it worked is they had a meeting with me and they were like, can you just draft up like a concept of what you could imagine the book to be like? And I was like, yep, of course. Like they just wanted my 10 chapter outlines. I like made a whole pitch deck. One thing about me is I will give you 110%. And it's not to be like, I work hard and therefore I got a book deal. It's more like they gave me an offer and I thought the best thing to do is to show them like I'm super serious. So if they want like an email of like the 10 chapters. Let me make a PDF pitch deck. Let me show them colors and pictures of our audience and our stats and all our numbers. And like, as if I was like begging for a book deal as opposed to like feeling entitled about it. And I guess funny story or long story short, there were a few contenders and I weighed them up and I was talking to them all and they were aware that there was a few others. I wasn't like double dipping. I was like, hey, look, we're not exclusive yet. I'm still talking to other people, a little bit like dating, I guess, and went with the one that felt right for me. And the, their like whole team showed up to a meeting and they were like, this is this person, this is what they do. This is this person, this is what they do. And I was like, if the whole team is showing up just to talk to someone that's a potential author, I'm down. Mm. Yeah, it just shows that they really care about you and – making it feel like as comfortable as possible because it is your first book that you're writing and it's your first, you know, experience. Absolutely. And the other thing was that one of the book deals was a very small book. Like our book, uh, Girls That Invest, is maybe like 250 pages, which in the grand scheme of things is not a very thick book. But the other one of the other book deals was like even thinner. And I was like, no one is going to get value from this. I don't want to put my name on something that people go out and buy and it's a girls that invest branded product and it's not worth their time. You talked a little bit about picking the publisher that aligned more with your values. What were some questions that you asked yourself to make that decision? 
One of the things I wanted to know was like, what was their plan for the book? Like, did their vision align with my vision? Because you don't want to start a project, whether it be a book, whether it be a podcast, or even just a project at work where you're not in alignment with the other side. And, you know, the first company, bless them, they were like this great publisher. Um, but their idea was like a very cute, almost like a gift book, a book that you could give someone as opposed to a book that you'd want to read yourself. And that wasn't the idea I had in my head. So I wanted to make sure what am I imagining and what can I work with to have? And what my image was, was the most everyday investing book that was like Investing 101 that you could read and then go, hmm, let me think of like five people in my life that could benefit from this and like passing your book on to them. So you've got the book deal. You've picked a publisher that aligns with your vision. And just your values, it sounds like. How long did you have to write this book? Did you have deadlines? What was all that like? I got the book deal in 2021. And then the book came out in sort of mid to end 2022. And it was a decent amount of time to write it. I would say that I also am such a last minute person. Like you could tell me that something's due in three months time and I'll probably do it in three months time. So I was trying to make sure that I wouldn't do this because this is probably the biggest project I've ever done in terms of like, mm. it felt like writing an assignment, but like the biggest assignment ever, like a 50,000 word assignment and saying that mm. there's probably some theses out there that are longer than this book. I'm like a big ideas person. So I needed to understand like what were going to be the main topics that people needed to learn. One thing that I really love about the book is the storytelling aspect of it. I think traditional finance books, especially when you're talking about stock market education and investing, the other prominent examples, they're not the most exciting things. So firstly, off the bat, you see this Girls That Invest book in your bookstore, you will notice it. Were the colors deliberate? Was the font deliberate? Oh my goodness. I still remember the meeting I had. So I flew into Melbourne because that's where the book publisher was making the book. And they were able to get a amazing designer who was a young woman to design the book. And so you can tell. And she did a few concepts and, you know, they were nice and they were kind of cool and stuff. And then the cover that we chose came up on screen and I gasped and I was like, this is it. And it just, I can't explain it. I just gave them like a Pinterest board of like all the books that I really loved and saw. And for me, you know, I love reading. I have read as many money books as you could possibly imagine. I used to, rec and I still do recommend them all the time, but they're just so boring. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I do. And I'll be the first to admit that I judge a book by its cover. I wish I didn't, but I do. And it was just so hard to get behind books that looked like they were the Bible. And they had all this amazing content in them and we've covered some of them so you don't have to you know, read through them all in our podcast. But it was just really, really full on. And I just wanted something in the same way that the podcast and the colorful stuff on our social media sort of like screams like accessible for everyone. We don't take ourselves too seriously. I wanted the book to represent those values too. I think it definitely did because one of the aspects that I loved most was the storytelling about the book. I think it just reinforces our 
easygoing, I guess, educational stance as well. Our teaching style is very chill, very approachable because it's something that we say all the time, like finance doesn't have to be boring. Personal finance and your money is the things that you have to deal with. And if we put them in a box where it needs to be so gray and it needs to be mundane, you're going to feel like it's a chore to learn or to deal with. So I really appreciated that reading the book and I could just sense it's just so girls that invest through and through. What's your favorite part of the book? I would say my favorite part of the book was definitely the starting because I've never seen it done before. And it was really important to me when we talk about things like money or if we talked about things like relationships or anything that's very taboo, you need like context and you you can't say that everyone's going to start off on the same foot. And it would be such a disservice to write a book on investing which is made for women and minorities and not speak about the issues that we have faced when it comes to money and the history of money because we're not starting off on the same page. We're not starting off on the same you know, part of the race. And the first couple of chapters in that book really, well, I hope it does it justice, but it really hones into, hey, this was the history of money for women. This was the history of money for minorities. Even in instances when women eventually got to, you know, let's say own property in America, that didn't include African-American women. They weren't even included as like the ability to have the same human rights as a person that was Caucasian. And let's just, you know, keep a little asterisk next to that when we talk about money and talk about privilege, because we don't all start off on the same page and It was such an honor to be able to write something and go, this is going to get printed. Like people are going to know this and they're going to read it in a book and go, damn, that's actually really important. I think that's a good point to bring up as well, because who is this book for? I would say this book was made for like, I guess, young Sim and Sonia, like Sim and Sonia when we didn't know any better because we didn't grow up with this. We did not come out of our parents' mother's wombs and get handed like a Warren Buffett Bible we learnt on the go and we learnt through education and there were so many things that I learnt slowly over time that could have been summed up in one sentence and so that's what the book does. It sums up things very simply. It uses storytelling and it's made for people that either haven't started investing or are investing but still a little bit unsure. I think the whole, the writing style of the book is very easy to follow and it's in plain English because when you talk about accessibility and the barrier between the reader and some other finance books, straight off the bat, you start off with jargon in a lot of finance books. So I think you have really taken the time to first just outline what you're going to talk about and then just break it up super nicely, like the entire form. I mean, okay, this is a little bit of a biased review on my end. Maybe I'm just like giving a glowing review, but genuinely it is so well thought out and put together. One of the things that you also make a point to do is the actionable steps. Do you know what? I was inspired to have actionable steps in the book because of you. I think you once said like you just like being told what to do in terms of like books and and resources and you want to read something but you don't want to just walk away and be like okay cool and it's like okay actionable steps uh what we're including I like told my publishers I was like this is an important thing that people want they want impact and they want actionable steps so I obviously have a physical copy of the book I made sim give it to me for free Sonia got the second ever copy do you know who I gave the first ever copy to your mom oh my 
God. My mum's name is in the book too. You use Divi as an example. But I also bought the ebook because I travel a lot and I just want to, whenever I'm sad, I'll just read Girls That Invest. You bought the ebook. We have the PDF for free. So I bought the ebook. And the very first thing that I did is I went into the search function in iBooks and I typed in Sonia Gupton and I saw how many times that you mentioned me. How many? I have no idea. I think five. Five times. I would have thought it was like two, like once at the start. And then I think I used an example, like introducing you, like my best friend and co-host, Sonia Wow, I really just bring you up everywhere. You full name me too. Like every time you talked about the podcast, it was like my best friend and I run the number one investing education platform or podcast in the world. And it'll be like my best friend, Sonia Goplin. She's not just Sonia. Say her name with respect. I was on a trip, Sonia, with the My Millennial Money crew. Shout out to My Millennial Money. We were touring just before a conference and... The amount of times I kept mentioning you, I was like, they must be sick of me. Like, I was like that person that just can't stop talking about their partner when they're away from them. And I was like, oh, my God, like, Sonia would love this. Or, like, Sonia says this. Or one of them, they would be like, oh, my God, the pool is cold. And I'd be like, you know what? Sonia told me that she'll help me learn to swim. Like, no one cared. I'm sure they were over it. And then I would be like, guys, Sonia's plane is arriving at 8 (laughs) p.m. And then I would be like, we should save some food for Sonia. And like, it was just over the top, but I am glad that that reflects my personality in the book as well. Cause I cannot stop talking about you. <laughs> I think it's funny. Cause we, we do that to each other. We're definitely in a codependent relationship and maybe we should go see like a couple's therapist separately, separately and together just to work through our issues out in the open. Cause I do the same thing with you. I'll like go into a store, like, or a store, uh, like anywhere I'll have any experience. Like I'm in Toronto finally like hundreds and thousands of kilometers away from you you know and then every experience that I have I'm like hmm would some like this would some do this and I bring it up and I'm like who does this us people that are in codependent relationships anywho anywho one thing that has continued to blow my mind and it's just filled me with so much pride because I knew that this would happen is just the reception of the book like how people are finding it the outpouring love and support and people first of all I just want to say that we read our dms we reply to our emails so people taking the time to send us emails, send us those reviews. They're so well thought out and so positive. I can only imagine how you're feeling. Are you taking it all in? One of my biggest fears when agreeing to write a book was, oh my God, I hope I don't bomb this. And specifically, For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. 
So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. You know when you like look up a book on Goodreads and there's like lots of reviews, like there's one star reviews, two star, three star, four star, and five star reviews, but like you can tell how many reviews are for each thing. So sometimes you see a book and like majority it's three star reviews or like majority four star. That was my biggest fear. I was like, I would hate to write a book that's like 3.5 stars. That would break my soul because I don't want someone to pay. Like at least with the podcast, if you listen and you don't like it, it's free. Like you can move on. If you don't like a social media post that we do, all good. You can just scroll or unfollow it. You know, worst case scenario, please don't. One thing that I was scared of was someone's going to buy this book. Like they're going to commit to this. That's going to be like $20 to $30. And if they don't like it, like that's their money that they've wasted on my book. And I was so scared to get bad Goodread reviews. And I'm so relieved to see that like majority of reviews are five star. Like I haven't told you this, but I would wake up every morning and check like the reviews on like Amazon and stuff just to be like, what are people saying? What are people thinking? If anyone would like buy the book, I'd like reply to their stories and be like, oh my God, thank you so much. Also, tell me your thoughts because yes, it might be a pretty cover, but did you like the book? Because again, like I get it. It's a pretty cover. It was so gorgeous, but I was like, are people going to like the inside? Like it felt like being born pretty. But then being like, but do people like my personality? I can't relate to that, but like that's what it felt like. And so I was not taking the reception at the start for face value when everyone was pre-ordering it because we had crazy amount of pre-orders. But I was like, no one's read it. So they're just basing it off what they hope the book's going to be like. What if once they read it, no one's going to you know, recommend it after that? In conclusion, what are your final words about the book? I do just want to take the conversation back to something else that was really on my mind when it came to writing the book. And it was the idea that I still had imposter syndrome when I was writing it. And it was so interesting to me. I was like, I'm literally someone that is writing a book on a topic that I know I am so good at speaking about. I know I can teach investing. I know I know the concepts. And yet here I am sitting here being like, why would anyone care about my take on investing? And I had to remind myself like, no, me being different, me being a woman of color, me being a young person that um, maybe has not come from the financial industry, you know, after 25 years of working in it to then come back and like distill it down. That's a power and that comes with its own set of challenges, but also its own uniqueness. And I don't think anyone else has ever written a book about the stock market and referenced, you know, Hannah Montana. I don't think anyone's written a book about money and then also referenced like Justin Bieber and the Kardashians. And I think I talked about Birkins like four times in the book. I think the number one topic that came up was Sonia Gupton, followed by Birkins, followed by the Kardashians, and then maybe like shares came number four. But it's the idea of I was so confused about why I was being given the privilege to write a book. And then that had to be reframed into actually this way of talking about things has never been done before. This is a different voice and I need to own my uniqueness. And if I could leave you with one thing, if you're sitting at home or driving and going, 
you know, I probably don't want to write a book in my life. That's totally fine. But if there's one thing I'd love for you to take away from this is that there will be times where even someone who is writing a book as an expert on a subject is going to feel imposter syndrome. Like we all just feel it and you've just got to, oh, this is so cheesy. You just got to feel the fear and do it anyway, because that person that hired you to go into that job, that person that asked you for, you know, a hand, that person that's like, hey, I think you'd be good at this. You should like try to apply for it. They are asking you because they believe in you. And just because you don't believe in yourself doesn't mean you should bottleneck yourself from opportunities. I think that is an amazing piece of advice. And I guess just a realization that people need to have about even like the people that you look up to suffer from imposter syndrome as well. Guys, this book is topping the charts right now. Well, in New Zealand, it is the number one nonfiction book in the country, which is absolutely crazy. In Australia, in some of their bookstores like Dimmick's, like uh, Booktopia, number one business book in Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, Amazon US, a bestseller already. We have been very fortunate that Canada itself put it as one of its most anticipated books of the year before it even came out. So yeah, I guess it's not doing too shabby. I went to Barnes and Noble at the Grove in Beverly Hills the other day and it was so embarrassing because I was like, hey, do you have a book called Girls That Invest? And they're like, it's sold out. So not from the Grove, but you can buy it online at any major retailer like Amazon. You can also buy it in store at Barnes & Noble in the US, Indigo in Canada, Waterstones in the UK, all the major retailers in Australia and New Zealand, so like Whitcalls in New Zealand, Dimmicks in Australia. And if you're from a country that's not just mentioned, bookdepository.com is also another source. There's also great independence that there's too many to list out, but there's, there's also a lot of little independent bookstores that sell it too. So if you don't want to support a big retailer, by all means, it doesn't actually affect how you get it. You can get it from anywhere. We'll add all the links below. I think that might help. Honestly, one of the easiest ways if you are looking, just go on girls.invest.com and we have it front and center um, as soon as you jump onto our website. A lot of people have been asking you about the audiobook. Do you want to provide a quick update on that? Yes. Yeah, so with the audiobook, it is being recorded as we speak. I just didn't realize how much goes into it and they had to like find a place that would record the audiobook near me, like in New Zealand, instead of trying to fly me to different places. And yeah, just a little country takes a little bit of time. Well, I think that is an amazing place to wrap up. Proud of you. I'm not going to spend too long just praising you again because clearly you get up in a tiz about it. I don't like it, but I also am like, thanks. But I'm also just like, I don't believe anything Sonia has to say about me. It's just so biased. Like, do would you believe me if I was like, thank you for taking out the time to talk to me about the book. It's very much appreciative. I think the highlight of the book before I go is just seeing everyone putting it on their stories, sharing it with their friends and family. But more importantly, just like reading it and going, I read the book and Sim, I went and bought like four copies for all of my sisters or like all of my nieces and nephews. Like that stuff makes me cry. Amazing. What a fabulous place to wrap it up. Or more Girls That Invest. We're literally at Girls That Invest for everything except for Twitter, which fun fact, we are Girl That Invest. A lot of people have been asking about our masterclass. Um, those times and dates for the September reduction are going to be released very soon. So go on to girlsatinvest.com to sign up to be on the 
waiting list. Um, also, something that we don't plug as often as we should is we have a weekly newsletter, but we've been very consistent with that. It's all the hot stock market tips that your best girlies are giving, a little bit of self-care, a little bit of productivity, everything that you would ever need in a newsletter exists. You just need to jump onto our website and again, sign up. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye!